This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Tuesday morning, everybody. I am Glenda Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I am Christy Landwehr in Aurora, Colorado. And you are listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for this Tuesday, June 17th, 2020, episode 2457. This episode is brought to you by the Certified Horsemanship Association. Good morning, horse world. Houston, we have a problem. Ability equals skill plus knowledge. Feeling about this. Here's a safety tip for you from the Certified Horsemanship Association. Missed it by that much. How can I change this to make it better the next time? Help you, I can't. Yeah. Time for Training Tuesday on Horses in the Morning with the Certified Horsemanship Association. Good morning, everybody. And before you get totally confused and think you're in the wrong time warp, uh, it is June the 16th. Uh, Christy's. Oh, that's awesome. I had to look. I I went, is it the 17th? I think it's the 16th. (laughs) Sorry. You know, time's different in Colorado. Time is just different right now with the craziness going on in the world. Glenn, I don't know. Monday, Tuesday, 16th, 17th. Before we get into the show, and I I want to talk about what we're going to talk about today, but I I wanted to ask you, so one of the things that's happened through all of this is that people are going, people are actually going outdoors and doing things uh, more than they ever have in the past. So is like the Rocky Mountain National Park totally packed full of people right now? Yes. And oh my gosh, all of our reservoirs and all of our lakes and things like that are too. We went on a Saturday out to do some jet skiing and things like that on the lake. And yeah, by about noon, it's pretty choppy out there. You don't want to try a water skiing. There's a lot of boats. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's one thing that's happened. That we'll see how long that lasts, right? Right. Uh, and then people will go back to hibernating in the house again. But it's uh, it's been interesting to see the number of people actually out doing outdoor stuff. Yes, I think when it gets super, super hot, they're all going to stop, right? Yeah. Right now, temperature is <laughs> still pretty nice. Yeah. yeah. They're going to hu- huddle in the air conditioning, though, come July, probably. Yeah, pretty nice where you are, but really, really hot where we are. <laughs> if you yes. don't get your rides in and, and what you're doing by about 9 o'clock in the morning, you're done. Yes. It's, it's a little toasty. It's been in the 90s with about 1,000% humidity. Like usual. Well, and you, and you guys have been going on all kinds of cool bike rides, though, through the bogs of Florida. I like that. Yeah, we've been doing doing some. Uh, I have two electric bikes. I had bought one, and then I bought a second one that's a little different design that I liked better. And I was going to sell the first one, but now Jennifer's riding the first one, and we're going out together. And uh, she loves riding on the trails. And where we ride on the trails is very Florida very florida so it's sandy and you know all is uh like jungle uh and there's trails but it's like jungle and there's water and the sand gets so deep you couldn't even ride a mountain bike through it but these big fat tire electric bikes you can do it so she's been enjoying that we've been having a good time with that and uh and and it's socially distant we went out for a two-hour ride and didn't see anybody (laughs) there's nobody 
So that's really great. Well, yeah. for us on the lake, you know, they have the little guy out there, the little police guy, the state enforcer guy of the park, and he will come up on his boat and he will stop you if you are too close because you're not supposed to spray each other anyways. <laughs> right. And you're not supposed to be obnoxious anyway. So yeah. So he's he's all about giving yeah, he's tickets. He's normally let me tell you. making sure you're not drunk, but uh, now he has new duties. Right. <laughs> yeah. No splashing each other. Behave. <laughs> Oh, and this is exciting news, Glenn. So my uh, elder son just started um, his first real job, he calls it, because it's not cash under the table for lawn mowing. It's now taxes are going to be taken out. Um, he's a lifeguard. Oh, really? Yeah. Very good. Yeah. So cool. is it what he's kind excited. of pool? It's a community pool, like one that the HOA dues pay for just in our area here. Huh? Good. I yes. always thought, you know, there's fringe benefits to being a teenage boy and a lifeguard. Yeah, he's not sad. No, <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> I always wondered if they got more girls than, you know, us very white kids who never went to the pool. <laughs> I don't know. But the jury's still out on that because it was his first day yesterday, okay. so I'll let you know. <laughs> All right. So uh, what's coming up on today's Certified Horsemanship Association episode? I'm excited. And I think the title is fun. Breath, the fifth natural aid. So, you know how we have seat, legs, hands, and voice? Well, where does breath fall in there? We're going to make sure to talk about that. And we've got two great guests on today, MJ Masilidis, and she is from California. And we also have Tara Reimer, and she is from Steinbeck, Manitoba. And the two of them are going to give us all of their ins and outs. Um, they're things like yoga instructors and Aikido instructors. So, boy, do they know about breath. And then they're going to have a conversation with us today about how that influences your horse. So this is for everyone, because if you're not breathing when you're riding, well, first of all, you'll pass out and fall off. But second of all, it's just a really good way to get your horse to listen to you and have a good partnership with you. So we're excited about that show today. And some of uh, the shows around the country are opening up. Others are still being canceled. Depends on where you are and what you're doing, I guess. But uh, are you guys now part of what you do at Certified Horsemanship Association is you actually certify instructors. And uh, are is that happening now? Is, are those starting to happen? Yeah. So before it all began, we had four and we normally have 80 a year, just to give you an idea. Wow. Um, we're now at seven because we had some seasonals, which are closed to the public that are doing them to train their staff. So at the camps that are going to be open this summer that are just doing day things, um, hardly any of our overnight camps are open. It's just the ones that are, you know, doing day type things. Um, so they had a few more. So now we're up to seven out of 80. And then we normally don't have many in July because everyone's busy working. Um, and then in August, late August, we start up again, which we are. And what we're just telling people is, you know, if they're going to be open to the public, just abide by your Center for Disease, right, your CDC rules in your state um, and just abide by those things. And we normally only have 10 at a certification anyways, eight people getting certified and the two instructors that are doing the certifying. So I think we should be okay there. So when you, um, you said seasonals, what do you mean by that? Yeah, so it'd be your seasonal employees that maybe are gotcha. just coming for the summer to work for you, and they aren't going to be riding instructors maybe for their livelihood. Um, those seasonals are closed to the public. They're just for staff um, trainings for camps and lesson barns that just want to train their people that are there for the summer. Now, you guys also work a lot with camps, and that, uh, and I'm going to clarify this as uh, sleep sleepaway camps as opposed to day camps. So with your sleepaway camps, what are you seeing? Are, are all of them going to be open or there's some that aren't is it half and half or yeah you know there's not very many opening doing the the sleep away stuff because most of them have you know 
bunk houses right. with bunk beds. So you have, you know, a small area with a bunch of people in. So what they're what, doing teenagers instead... teenagers don't congregate? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they're trying to be really creative. So instead, they're doing day rides and they're doing day trail rides where they're spacing people out, which you should be anyways when you're on a horse, right? And they're doing, um, oh, dinners and like a little camp out under the stars. Like you take your horses out, they tie them up, they do a dinner, you ride back. So they're really trying to be creative. And I'm really proud of a lot of our members. About 40% of our members are in camping and they're being very creative and they're all staying open and being able to feed their horses. So I'm really happy about that. You know, one of the things I think that's good that's come out of all of this is, uh, and I know Jamie and I've talked about it a little bit, is it is forcing people to think outside the box and some of the stuff that people are doing will stick. So, you know, sometimes in, in adversity, things that you should have been doing anyway uh, are, are, are now coming to the forefront. Or things that you could have been doing to supplement what you're currently doing, uh, you know, pop up. And I think that some of that will stick. You know, we're going to see more working from home with, you know, companies and stuff like that. But just like you said, some of this camp stuff then may become a thing. Some of the virtual stuff, maybe you could do that in the winter in addition to what you're doing in the summer. And now now you're kind of all year round and and, and you're not out of mind of, of people. So I do think there's going to be some good things coming out of all of this. I would agree. It's getting us all to be a little bit more creative instead of just same old, same old. We're going, oh, we got to change it up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, because we all do get stuck in a rut. I mean, and we sure. like ruts. Human like Humans like ruts, right? I mean, we, Sure, it works out fine. If we're paying our bills and right. everything's good, then yeah. Yeah, because it's easier to be in a rut. It's, you know, it doesn't take creativity. It doesn't take all the extra effort and work and all of that stuff. It's just the way we, we're built. But I, I do think that this has forced everybody to think a little bit about that. I know a lot of our listeners have changed jobs uh, and or they were putting off because they were in a rut, right? Or, or just in, in, a, in a comfortable place, maybe not a great the the perfect job but it was comfortable and now it's forced them to go find that one they've always wanted to go find so i think it has allowed some of that uh one thing that's been very entertaining for me is, you know, I've been a telecommuting CEO since I began 15 right. years ago, and I have always worked from home, just like you and Jen work from home. And I have so many people saying, oh, it wouldn't work in my organization if we worked from home. Yep. That wouldn't work. And they're finding out, oh, yes, it does. And that's going to save a lot of money on a lot of these businesses and office space. It's going to save a lot of money and resources because you make the home office employee have their own computer and other things. I mean, it's going to be amazing how much savings there's going to be. And it's working. People are working from home well, and that's keeping cars off the road, which is helping with the environment. I mean, there's a lot of interesting things going on right now. And what employers find, and we know this, you and I know this from having worked from home for 20 years, is when you work from home, you actually work longer hours. You do because you still get on after there. dinner and check the email. You do. <laughs> it's there. So, yes. and it's right there all the time. It's actually a detriment if you want to work less hours because you end up working more hours. It's just you the do. way it is. Because you're you right. Do. You're checking email before bed and then you're an hour into answering emails. And then in the morning when you get up early where you wouldn't be doing that, you would be commuting. Now you're working. You're actually working more than you were before. Well, you don't have all the over the water cooler chit chat. Well, that's right? true, too. Yeah, you're right. You don't have all the employee parties, which maybe is sad, but you know, you know what I mean? You don't have all that the people coming into your cubicle and, and saying, hey, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the long lunches, all those things. Yep, I agree. I forgot about that. It's been so long since I worked. 
great. Real quick, before we get to your first guest, I wanted to mention there is a new website. It's CHA.horse, and I know how much effort it is to put a new website together, and I know you guys have been working on this a long time, and probably your little break here has allowed you to finish it. So it looks terrific. It's much easier to get around. I like it. Thank you. We love all the photos and all the pretty pictures and all the colors. It's all our, it's all the branding. It's our corporate colors and all that, which is really, you know, for some people they're like, what? But for you marketing geeks out there, you know what I'm talking about. It's great. So yeah, please do check it out. I think you'll find it easy to find all kinds of free education. So many videos on there of uh, things to do with your horse on the ground and in the saddle. So many articles. I mean, it just goes on and on. So please utilize it and uh, enjoy it. And there's this podcast section in there too, uh, where you find us. Did you see that? And it links live to you. Yes, I did, saw that. Did you it see great. how we did it? Yeah. I know, it was so fancy. It looks great. All right, let's get our first guest on. While I'm giving her a call, you can introduce her. I sure will. So our first guest is MJ Masidlidis. She is an avid lifetime horsewoman and certifier for us. And she's been with CHA for 35 years. She has competed and instructed in dressage, eventing, trail, working cow horse, and currently working equitation. Her passion is teaching clinics for young gleans and young gleans at heart who are wanting to learn how to ride and connect with their horses. MJ is also a yoga and an instructor. Hi, MJ. I just finished introducing you. This is Christy and Glenn. Hi, Christy and Glenn. Good to talk to you. Now, MJ, are you talking directly into your phone, not on a speaker? Yes, I am talking right into my phone. Yeah, good girl. Is that good? Perfect. Oh, good. So, MJ, explain to everybody exactly where you live, because I didn't read that in your bio. Where exactly are you? Oh, okay. Central California, which is right near Modesto. I live in a town named Ceres, the goddess of fruits and nuts. (laughs) Ooh, I like that. Is that really true? The goddess of fruit and nuts? There's a goddess of fruit and nuts? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The things that you know about your town, MJ, I like it. That's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's so much more. <laughs> you just made my day, though. I got to be honest. That's <laughs> oh, I'm glad. It's nice I think to we need to, to put too. on her bio the goddess of fruit and nuts on the site. Yeah. I think you know that she <laughs> lives in the town. <laughs> I, think all, I think all my friends would agree with you. <laughs> it's true. Pomona was the goddess of fruit, <laughs> trees, gardens, and orchid, orchards. Oh, that there you go. Awesome. Oh, and she was a she was overweight, so, so she ate a lot of uh, fruit nuts. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's there. You might as well. Oh, that is right? great. All right, sorry so, about MJ, that. MJ, the last time I saw you, I think was um, at Western States last year, wasn't it? At the expo. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. that was, that was fun. fun. I enjoy being able to actually get out there and see you guys. That's always fun because Aww. you know I'm a Californian. I'm just Southern California. Um, so it's oh. always going home to me. Yeah. When I go there. Aww. Well, hopefully next year. Yes. We're going to hope so yes. for sure. So talk to us a little bit. I know a lot of people know what yoga is, but I also introduced you as an Aikido instructor. Explain to people what that is. Oh, that's cool. Um, so I, I got into Aikido, which is a martial art, but I, we call it the martial art with heart. Because um, there are no strikes in Aikido. It's only takedowns. So it's actually derived from judo, um, taekwondo, not taekwondo, sorry, mostly from judo practices. 
And but they took out the strikes so that when you get thrown, you don't even know how you got there. And actually, I w- really didn't want to learn a martial art, martial art at all. But uh, my friend said, come on, do this. And I did it. And they, you have to roll. You know, when they throw you, you have to learn how to roll. So then I'm like, did it for three months. I'm like, mm, I don't think I want to do this anymore. And then a horse bucked me off and I rolled out of it and I was just stood up and I went, yes. I think I'm going to stay in Aikido. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah, because yeah, that's exactly yeah. how we teach, right? Emergency dismount. Never put your arm mm-hmm. out or you're going to break it, right? Oh, exactly. that's so great. So yeah, how did yeah. you get involved with yoga? How did that come about? Um, so the dojo that I started at, and that the, the sensei left. And so then my friends and I opened our own place and um, it was a really nice, beautiful, you know, dojo. And he was also working another job as we, a lot of us do. And he retired and they wanted to move to New Mexico. So that was the end of that. So I really missed the spiritualism. If I can say that, or um, the, the depths of it, of Aikido and the, exercise of it and um so i was told hey look at that yoga place i'm like i'm not doing yoga it's so yeah <laughs> and i walked in i know ridiculous and i walked in i looked around i'm like i am home <laughs> yes i so. i do yoga and love it i love yoga i have had a bad oh, back forever i have herniated discs mm-hmm. and if it wasn't for yoga Ooh. i guarantee you i would have had to have surgery mm-hmm. guarantee you and i've never had to go into the night right that's so, awesome. And good stuff. Yeah, our, yeah, it is. And yoga is awesome. I didn't realize. And so it's good to change your mind drastically sometimes. So MJ, tell us a little bit about your background with horses and how all that began. Oh, it's one of those things, the horse fairies that, you know, they're out in the wilderness and they run around and they, they go into your mother and they gallop around the fetus. And then, and if you start moving around to the hoofbeat, um, and spread their little magic ch- dust, you come out a horse crazy lover because no one loved it in my family except for me, like I did. <laughs> so I started riding when I was five um, after begging, 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 and I just never stopped. And I love learning different disciplines. So I've never stop learning. Yes, that is the key. And that's, I always tell everyone, you know, if you think you're starting to get to know it all, just change your breed or change your discipline and that'll humble you. Oh boy, (laughs) for sure. So Mm -hmm. we're going to talk today about breath and obviously our natural aids are seat legs, hands, voice, and the breath Mm -hmm. is such a big deal. And because of your Mm -hmm. background, MJ and yoga and Aikido, tell us a little bit about why breath work works with horses. Well, um, I feel like it's the way they communicate best with each other, not nickering, winning, which is really cool too. But when they have their different snorts and even the sigh, it's so telling to where a horse is. Um, what I learned in Aikido, we have these throws called breath throws, and they're very powerful when you just, instead of using your muscle, you just do it with your breath, throw with your breath. And so I thought, wow, you know, and, uh, and as you know, in yoga, we do a lot of breath work, ujjayi breath and all that. I thought, you know what? I'm going to try lunging my horse with my breath. I want to see what happens. And it was the best lunging I've ever seen. I could take that in breath and the horse would like magically start trotting. Um, take that in breath and then come down through my feet and the horse would start walking. And I found that it really transferred to every horse I worked with. 
eventually. Some of them, you know, they're super hyper them though. It takes a little while, but they will definitely start tuning in. Well, you're speaking their language because like you said, if mm-hmm. they're talking with their breath and now you're doing it with yours and that's so great that mm-hmm. it helped with your lunging, what did it do in regards to writing? So let's transfer it to writing. I thought, well, let's try this. Let's do a half halt with an in-breath. <laughs> the magic half halt or the mysterious half halt. So when I started taking that in-breath, it actually raises your, your core and your diaphragm up and the horse's ears are, you're much more clear about what you want. And then when I do that out-breath, and again, using your seat as your aid, but that if you start with your breath, everything falls into place. It's amazing. And you said that you had a story to share your story about the friend oh. and what happened with breath, because the more examples, oh I think our listeners love that. Oh, great. Okay. So a friend of mine, Steve Bauer and I were teaching a clinic together and um, I said, I really want to start bringing yoga in because I'm having great luck with my students and horses. And he was absolutely. So we had a, about 15 people. It was a windy day, of course where everybody's at a new stable and they had their horses um, tied to the bar of the inside of this huge arena. And we were on the outside. I said, okay, they knew that they had to do a little bit of yoga. So they, everybody brought a yoga mat and we were about 15 feet in front of the horses. Now with this wind going and they're excited and looking around and there's a lot of crying and snorting because they were wound up. And I'm like, Oh gosh, this is going to be a fun clinic. So anyway, so let's, Let's us do our yoga, 15, 20 minutes of yoga. So we started in with the breathing, and then we started going into some moves with our breath. And, um, and Steve was doing it, too. And, he, you know, he's a cowboy. He was totally into it. And as we finished um, our session there, you know, and we said, thank you. I got to let's go get our horses. Steve goes, hang on a second, you guys. Turn around and look at your horses. And they all had heads down. <laughs> snoring like totally relaxed <laughs> that's awesome it was awesome yeah so um, there is a I just I think it's the number one natural aid myself you know but I love how you said the fifth natural aid that was awesome yes but I agree it should probably you know we always say the order is seat legs hands and then voice is always you know last because some disciplines don't even allow it like dressage you know in the show ring right so but the breath I agree the breath has to be there and we don't really ever talk about it so give us Mm -hmm. some other ideas um, for all of our listeners when they're working their horses either on the ground or in the saddle giving them some specifics that they can really work on in regards to breath great I love that so I would say start on the ground first with your horse, just leading and be mindful of it. Cause I'm going to guarantee you in about 15 seconds, you're going to forget about breathing with your horse. So being mindful of when you're walking your horse next to you, taking that in breath and walk easy, 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 take an in breath and halt and see what happens. Just notice what your horse is doing. And again, you want them next to you. I hope hopefully they're, you know, fairly well mannered. And then start doing that in breath and out breath, leading your horse with two fingers on the lead rope. You're just your thumb and forefinger. So you're lightening up the whole thing and see if your horses starts to tune into you and do some turns, but always precede anything you do with that in breath and turn. So you start training yourself to breathe with your horse and pretty soon your horse will start breathing with you, which is crazy. 
Oh, I just love that. And then, you know, when something's about to spook them and you know how we always stop and say, turn the horse to it, let him see it. It's so great to be breathing then because if you're holding your mm-hmm. breath waiting for the spook, right, it isn't going to go well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, it does not go well. No, I'm not we're saying that, you know, <laughs> but it certainly helps, you know, because it calms them. Whenever we hold our breath, they sure do, as you know. Right. So, um, and, and we do it well. <laughs> we do it well. So the next thing that I would say is for all the teachers and, and instructors is a few, I teach a lot of people that are just learning how to ride and they'll come in and many of them are, are once they get near the horse, they start shaking sometimes and they're really excited or they're, it's from nervousness and then they're not sure if they actually want to get on. I don't understand that at all, but it's a real thing. So I'm kidding. So just taking those breaths, come on, breathe, breathe with me a second. You know, did you see how beautiful that blue sky is right now? Take, let's take a breath into there. It just looks a little bluer when you take that beautiful breath, you know, and they start noticing pretty soon. They're not upset about getting on the horse. They're on the horse. And instead of that holding their breath, those little tight breaths, um, my horses are very tuned in tune to me. So they're, I'm taking the light, nice breaths, but they're like, Ooh, what's going on here? You know, they, they really do notice when someone is, is nervous or, or scared. So those deep breaths all, all of a sudden get these riders to be much more confident up there and, and let go. I agree. The horses are so good about knowing that when you breathe in, it's an upward transition. And when you breathe out, mm-hmm. it's a downward. You know, they, they know that mm-hmm. instinctually. Mm-hmm. And if mm-hmm. we would just start doing it more. And if you think about it, if you breathe in, you tighten muscles. If you breathe out, you soften mm-hmm. muscles. I mean, all these things mm-hmm. that just make such logical sense. Absolutely. So, MJ, how does full breath work create health? Okay, so for for our bodies, and this is yoga training as well, um, we're made of billions of cells, and each cell requires oxygen. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> so, <laughs> so when you take in that in-breath, you're lighting up those cells um, so and feeding them. So many times when we're riding, you know, you, you want to get ready for a show or, or you want to, you know, maybe a friend is watching the if you want to do your best while your friend is watching or, or an instructor or anything, you know, you're nervous about seeing something is teaching yourself to feed those cells with a nice big breath. And it does two things that feed yourselves, creating health. And instead of having little mouse lungs, you know, that we normally do, like right now, I'm not using my full capacity. And instead of having you, you're feeding everything as you take in that full, full breath of yourself. So um, transferring that over to writing, when you take that breath before any transition, whether you're a beginner, an intermediate, advanced, any transition that is coming up, you cannot believe the, the difference of the way that your horse will move. Um, and also it makes you healthier. Your cheeks will flush, you know, and um, it's just a wonderful feeling after you do a breathing session. So, and this is, this question cracks me up because um, I don't know if I've ever heard it called this before. How does breath work calm our monkey minds? I like oh. that. <laughs> so we have, I don't know what, I can't remember what they, I just read it like 70,000 thoughts a day. <sighs> and that's, yeah, that's crazy. Not very many of them are important, maybe three. So 
we can make up amazing stories <laughs> so, and then build on them. And that's what I call the monkey mind is not taking over. And it can even go transferring to horses like, oh, that horse, he did this to me last time and he did that. And then, and the horse is totally forgotten. They're doing their own thing. They're eating. They're, they're, and it's a new moment, which I love that, that presence. But we'll carry things with our, you know, the monkeys are in your brain and you need to calm them like, hello, I don't need you right now. And um, personally, I feel like that's one of the attractions for people for just brushing a horse. It calms those monkey minds because you have to put your presence on those horses and they require it. They love that. So uh, I would say the best way of um, transferring that to a horse that is not paying attention at all are those trail horses that go out every hour and they don't even know it's like you're a pack on their back. And when you start breathing, I mess with them this way, start breathing with them, all of a sudden the ear starts coming back and all of a sudden I'm breathing, I'm enjoying my ride and pretty soon that horse is tuning into me instead of just following the horse in front, which is awesome. Ooh, that'd be a fun thing to try. Next time we're out on one of those types of trail rides, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and what I'd like to, you know, people are very self-negative, right? We can't help ourselves. We tend to say, oh, I should mm-hmm. be better and oh, this and oh, that. Mm-hmm. So when you're having overthinking or disparaging thoughts, I bet this breath work really helps. Absolutely. And that's, I think, guilty. Everybody can raise their hand on that one. Is Especially in the last three thoughts. months. Uh, yeah, true. Right, right. <laughs> oh, true. yeah, absolutely. That's so true. And just spending five minutes breathing, just focusing on your breath, you know, and, you're, and you might have a thought that um, creeps in or many thoughts for we women um, at once. You just go, I don't need you right now. All I'm doing is breathing and just check out how you feel. Just notice your day will go better. I know in yoga, they always talk about belly breathing, right? Where you make your belly go in and out. And that's so much better Mm -hmm. than just lung breathing. Um, And it's Mm -hmm. amazing even what that will do. You know, all these different ways Mm -hmm. when you, because we never focus on our breath. It just comes automatically. Thank Mm -hmm. goodness for the body. Mm -hmm. It does, right? (laughs) And when we focus on it, it, boy, does it change things. So what Mm -hmm. do you find most beneficial from starting class when you're teaching doing horse yoga? What do you mean by that? Okay. So... Um, I have been doing this for years. It's amazing how much better the riding is for the students. So what I do is we get on. Um, I have them track either left or right around me so it's not too far. And it's usually in the round pen so that they can focus on their, their yo- horse yoga. And again, it's wonderful to watch the horse's reaction to while they're doing the horse yoga. They love it. So feet out of stirrups. And we can do this right now, actually. So you're going to take an in-breath. Lift your toe up, out breath, point your toe down, in breath, point your toe up, out breath, point your toe down, and then we'll do um, ankle circles and switch ways, again, with each one having a breath, and then to the wonderful shoulder rolls, shoulders up to your ears, in breath, bring them back, bring them back a little further, and then out breath down, and we do that like three or four times. And then a couple of twists where you have your hand above your shoulder and you're taking that in-breath. And then you, you twist backwards. And I say, it's, it gets hot here in California. Remember that, Christy? Yes, um, I do. So, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so, um, and so I say you can spray nice cool water on your person behind you <laughs> through your fingers. So they're getting nice core twists there. And all of a sudden, the horse is relaxed. They're much more in tune. Their balance is better. And um, they're ready to begin their lesson. And it's calm. There's no, there's no hyperness about it. It's cool. And go on from there. It only takes 10, 15 minutes. That's it. That's I all love you that. Need. And it just becomes a part of your riding, just a part of what you do. And I'm going to tell you, MJ, maybe you need to call me every morning because I'm sitting in my chair <laughs> right now and I'm doing my breasts and I'm like, huh, I should do this before I start my eight hours of torture at my computer. I should do some of this yoga breathing. Yeah. So I need a daily phone call at 8 a.m. Okay, MJ, which would be 6 a.m. You your time. It. So you got to get on there. You got it. Uh, Absolutely, Chrissy. <laughs> I, oh, to. <laughs> I totally was doing it. I was lifting my toes and my heels oh. and doing my ankle rolls. It felt really good. Yeah. What happens if I don't like my own thoughts? Um, oh, yes. Oh, that's a good one, right? So that's why I have podcasts going on it? all the time because I really don't want to be listening to myself. Uh, I have enough of that. Uh huh. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, so I do meditate a little bit. I'm not saying like <laughs> the guru where you got your hands in the little circle and you're doing the ohm. I do the ohm sometimes, but I, I'm not like I'm just a regular person in my breeches sitting on a pillow or sitting in a chair <laughs> doing a little bit of meditation. So if you can spend 10, 15 minutes doing finding a person that you can either do a guided meditation or just start with the breathing if you can do that, um, your day, I guarantee your day will start getting better. And you're right. You have these thoughts that come in and you just keep saying, I don't need you right now. There's nothing I need right now except this breath. And just keep practicing pretty soon at the end of the 30 days that maybe you say, I'm going to do this for 10 minutes every day. You, you will have less of those negative thoughts. It's amazing. The breath work. All right. Oh, Glenn, start doing it. <laughs> I know that, yeah. you, you know, anything day, becomes, say, Glenn, a, have you done it? anything becomes a habit after 30 days. I mean, that's what, if you can force yourself to do it, it does become a habit. Um, oh gosh, I like that you say force. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's true. That's my next book, Yoga and Force. <laughs> <laughs> Yoga. The, the thing you have to force yourself to do every day. Uh, <laughs> look, you almost quit quit uh, the martial art you were doing uh, until you discovered it was working. So you, in a way, were forcing yourself, too. Oh, gosh. Well, it just lost interest in it because I was like, eh, yeah, you're right. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe a bit. <laughs> yeah, you forced yourself to go back because you saw some benefit in it, which is why why you forced yourself. <laughs> it's kind of why people listen to this show. They kind of force themselves to go back, and then eventually it becomes a habit. So, it becomes a habit. I yeah. like that. For those that are listening that it's become a habit, thank yes, you right. so much yeah. for your habituation. Or, you know we what? appreciate it. Uh, I, I'm the only way I'd use the force would be use the force yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and be a Jedi. <laughs> that could work too. Yoda did a lot of meditating. I always saw him with his eyes closed. So that, that That's worked right. too. He was by so, himself on a planet. He had nobody to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't have any access to podcasts, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. And you know, can you imagine he could hear what was going on in the whole universe? His mind was cluttered. He needed to, he needed Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did. Poor guy. 
He said he's been alive oh, for 350 fantastic. years doing it, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. A long time. You're disgracing Yoda. Come on. <laughs> no, we're just being, we're keeping it real about poor Yoda. Yeah, we're we're right. feeling empathy for him. Right. Poor guy. And if only baby Yoda knows, knows what was coming, he would just have quit. Uh, you know, I, just like... <laughs> <laughs> Throw me out of there. I'm done. I'm done. I don't <laughs> want to do this. I, I, or maybe he was just the best meditator ever because he had to shut all those voices out once in a while. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. Probably very true. How did we get so to M- Star Wars? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but it's great. We're going down a total rabbit trail on Horses in the Morning. Is this supposed right? to be a morning show <laughs> and have fun? Rabbit. We're doing a great job today. So, MJ, I have a question for you. How do people find you? I know they could go to CHA.horse and look you up on our brand new website. But how else do they find you? Well, I'm on Facebook and the other. And so I'll do Messenger and things like that. And actually word of mouth. So I have a great time. And all of a sudden, CHA has been a great um, resource for me, too. So it's awesome. Well, thank you, MJ. I appreciate that. It's fun to uh, our yeah. little CHA family, and it's growing all the time. It's super good. So, well, I appreciate it you is. being on the show today and having some fun with us and talking about this really important fifth natural aid. Thank you. Yes, you are so welcome. It was a pleasure to talk to both of you. Thanks. This is fun. <laughs> Take care. Uh, all right. You too. Bye. Bye. That's All right. So what do you say we take a? We haven't done this in a long time. What do you take? We, t- we say we take we take a relaxation and a breathing Ooh. break, and, and we you meditate. To a song. Glenn. I'll listen to yes. a song while I meditate. Okay. You need to meditate the whole time on the song. I don't want you to think anything. Okay. Uh-huh. I'm practicing. Okay. Uh, right. <laughs> so let's uh, hear from Templeton Thompson, and then we're coming back with your next guest coming up. Tara is going to join us, and we're going to continue the conversation. And she's from Canada, so they're nicer anyway. They shouldn't have any breathing problems at all, except when they're shoveling snow and about to die. That's right. Yes. Yeah, so let's let's uh- hear when I get that pony road from Templeton Thompson. <laughs> Guessing wasn't such a perfect landing Yeah, I'm still alive, not sure how I survived It was a hell of a ride till it ended I guess that's what you get when you leave You don't always end up on your feet Oh, there's easier ways I could go Stronger, so I'll knock all the dust off and 
that was Templeton Thompson. When I get that pony road, you can find all Templeton's music at templetonthompson.com. And she continues to do her concerts every week uh, online. So you can find all about all of those on her website or her Facebook page as well. Thank you to Templeton Thompson. All right. Why don't you introduce your next guest while I get Tara on? Would love to. So Tara Reimer owns and operates Cloud Nine Ranch in Steinbeck, Manitoba, Canada, where they offer Western and English riding lessons, vaulting lessons, equine-assisted psychotherapy. Good morning. Good morning, Tara. I'm right in the middle of introducing you. So give me one second here. She also offers training and boarding. Tara is the regional director for the Certified Horsemanship Association and also a certifier for us. Hello, Miss Tara. How goes it today? It is a wonderfully sunny day here in Manitoba, so it's great. And explain to everybody where exactly you live. Uh, We live in the southeast corner of Manitoba, so we are one hour from the Ontario-Canada border and the uh, United States border, which is close to Minnesota and North Dakota. Hey, Tara, real quick, are you talking directly into your phone, not on a speaker? Sure, I'll do that instead. Yeah, there we go. That's much better. Good. Okay. Very good. And you said that the weather there is right now sunny and nice? Yes, it's very beautiful. Although we have uh, a lot of people flooding around us, actually. They got about eight inches of rain last week. Oh, and gosh. so a lot of the crops, yeah, a lot of the crops are underwater and cattle are had to be moved to higher spots. And then that, now that water is moving its way, you know, down the river systems, and now it's flooding farmland along there. So not so good. It's been some crazy weather that we've been having along with a crazy year. Yes. Speaking of which, are, sure. you, are you guys open? I know Canada was being very conservative and managed to control it pretty well, actually. So are you open now? Can you can you do business? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. As of May 4th, we could. And so uh, Manitoba being right in the center of Canada, we we behave well, we listen well. <laughs> and so we actually, uh, we're probably the best off in all of Canada. We have hardly, I think maybe we have one case right now. There's nobody in hospitals. Uh, and it's been like that for weeks already. So, but we don't have as the higher populations as a lot of other places would either. And so with the U.S. borders being closed and everything, we don't really have too far to go uh, to mix and mingle. So anyways, it's, we've done really well. And so a lot of things are, you would say, back to normal. They keep saying social distance, you know, and still hand sanitize and stuff. But our 4-H groups were able to start up on Saturday again. And like a lot of farm people are like so over it because we don't have any cases really. So we just want to go back to being normal. Got it. And what are you doing with horse shows and things like that? Uh, so there's no return to competition as of right now. Uh, so you like some small locations are having like barrel racing jackpots or little team pennings, like still under it is still a maximum of 50 people outdoors until Monday the 21st and then we can have a hundred people outdoors uh, and so there's you know just private little things going on but there's no actual sanctioned uh, competitions and even if you do then you have to be really careful with all the COVID precautions and so a lot of committees are like you know what we're just taking the year off there's too many regulations to abide by so I wonder if we can just do that 
you know, when we get to 20, you know, 2021, can we just say 2020 never happened? Just, just write the whole year off. <laughs> yeah. Just, like, just skipped it. Take yeah. it from now from the calendar. Well, yeah. You know what? And it would be great, especially like we had one of well, my niece who also works for us full time and teaching and everything. And she was going to go to the quarter horse novice championships this uh, spring. It was in Oklahoma. So we had the horse ready. She paid her entries. And the next day, then they closed the borders. So what's unfortunate is because the borders are closed, us Canadians now can't show at these big shows. And when they're still happening in the States, but we can't get there. So now that was her last year as a youth. And so there's a lot of missed opportunities uh, that won't happen. So it would have been nice if we could have just written it off completely. Yeah, I uh, actually, now that I just looked at the calendar, that you made me think about that. We were actually supposed to be on a cruise right now of Canada and stopping off at Prince Edward Island today. Oh, oh, wow! Yeah, that would be beautiful. It was there. an eleven yeah. night cruise. Going to be our longest cruise yet, stopping at uh, like nine ports in Canada, starting in Montreal and wow. Quebec, and you know all the way through the islands. And today was Prince Edward yeah. Island. Yeah. Oh. Oh, now I'm sad. That's too bad. Now I have to practice yeah. my breathing again. <sighs> that's right. You have to do your breath. So we had uh, Noel Martanovich. She's been a CHA member for a long time, very into vaulting. Her son, Eric, um, was in Cavalia and some other things. And they moved recently oh, to cool. Prince Edward Island because they were my boy's vaulting coach. And they moved oh, there. Okay. So, yes, I need to go there sometime and visit her. Speaking of Prince Edward Island. Yeah. So, seafood. Lobster. Yes. Oh my gosh, I would just love that. So Tara, before we dive into today's topic, tell people a little bit about your horsey background. Well, I grew up riding on a horse. Uh, we have uh, had a dairy farm, and so the horses were my babysitter, uh, and I just have had a passion for them, so I've been riding all my life. I'm 43 now. Uh, also, we showed the Belgian horses and the draft horse hitches, and uh, then I had a bunch of younger siblings, took them to shows got involved in 4-H, was teaching there for quite a bit, and uh, and then just started showing quarter horse and training young horses. I had to do all my own training. I only ever took one official lesson. That's all my parents would do because we were busy on the dairy farm. So very self-taught, and I think that's where my passion is, is trying to teach others so they don't have to learn the hard way the way I did. I think I've been thrown off, not exaggerating, about 100 times. Um, and it really does a toll on the on your body, and um, so I'm hoping to, whatever I learn from the, all the training and everything, I try to pass on to others. So yeah, and my husband team ropes. He's a healer, and uh, we adopted our teen boys three years ago, and so they rope and head and heal as well. So we all ride for fun in the evenings. I love that. We were just talking to MJ. She's um, a certifier for us as well. And she is an Aikido and also a yoga instructor as well as horseback riding instructor. So she really believes in the breath as the fifth natural aid. She even went so far to say as she thinks breath is the most important aid, more important than your seat, which I could see definitely why she would feel that way and why others do too. So how soon do you teach riders about the importance of their breathing and what does that look like? Yes, I agree with her. I would say it is the most important, and I take it, I call it energy because your breathing affects your energy. And so when I talk about it, we use the breath to affect our energy, just like we would use our eyes to affect our weight in our seat. So we teach it right away. I mean, when you go to meet a horse for the first time, so like yesterday as an example, we have a 
preschool uh, group here. So they're as young as a year and a half old and they come with a, a guardian or a parent that's going to lead them. And it's such a fun group, but you can imagine the energy. Like these kids are buzzed, right? They've been waiting all week to come back to ride horse. And, and so we, we have to practice that right away. And, and it's so cool because it really helps with self-regulation, which everybody can use that at times. And so we breathe like in for three seconds and then out for four. And then I make sure that they understand that their energy affects the horse and, and you can see it right away. So the horses will, um, if, if there's lots of energy and you can, as an instructor, I see that the horses start getting a little elevated and their muscles get a little tense and they're like, Oh my goodness, there's so many little kids running around and there's so much high energy and the parents are all excited because this is their outing for the day. And, and then when we do some breathing and then you just watch the horses heads all get lower and they start licking their lips. And, and so that's really cool how with the horse, you just see an instant reaction. So for us, it starts right away. And for those people that uh, board here uh, and they have to catch their own horses, it's, uh, it's always funny to me because they're, when they're in a rush and they're like, ah, oh, I can't catch my horse today. It was so hard. I said, yeah, because you're in a rush. Like you need to bring your energy down to zero and just breathe as if you're falling asleep. And so they take that advice and next time they don't have a problem, but it's, it's really effective right from catching your horse. Yeah. That is, that's so true. It's both ground and riding, which I just think is great. So what are some specific teaching skills related to breath that others can use when they're working um, teaching or when they're working with their own horses? Yeah. So I find a big one is when we do something difficult. So any things that come to my mind is going over jumps. Uh, yesterday I had a, a teen uh, going into her lope departure and, you know, I can't always tell you can ask, are you nervous? And they, they'll say, no, I'm fine. And then when they go to do the, the skill, you can tell by the horse hesitating or the horse getting a little tight in their body or elevated. And so then I say, okay, well, the horse is telling me otherwise. The horse is telling me that you are a little bit nervous. And so right away, I need them to breathe more. So a few of the things that we'll do as I do a lot of counting, and it doesn't even have to be like I'll count uh, in the trot one, two, one, two. And it doesn't mean that I'm actually counting their legs. I'm just giving a rhythm for the breathing. And so as the instructor, I do that as well with my groups, but I get them to do that so that they find a rhythm because I like to teach, um, as we know with horses, they work in herd behavior. So you can have 30 horses take off running and they'll all run together, almost like a school of fish and they all have their place, but somebody has set that rhythm. And so I feel like when we get into riding our horses, that mindfulness is missing. Some people's mind is not with the horse. Their mind is everywhere else. How does the shirt look on me? Oh, so-and-so is watching me today. Oh, I had a rough day. Oh, I got to do this next. And so if we get them into counting, watching that horse, and I always ask my riders to set, set the rhythm so that the horse will be comfortable following their lead. And so that counting is really a big deal. Uh, with the little kids, I get them to make animal sounds when we do jogging. And so they have to make the animal sounds. And if they don't, well, then you know that they're holding their breath. So that's another really good one that's practical. 
So true. I know I had an instructor once and she had me do my ABCs or she had me sing like a song like row, row, row your boat or something for that same reason, right? Mm -hmm. To get us to breathe. So I just love that. Um, As an instructor, are you also using your breath to affect a group lesson? And if so, how is that working? Yeah, my horses take the lead from me, especially when you're working with uh, even not necessarily beginners, but any group uh, where they're, you know, they're always excited and they only get to ride most of them for that one hour uh, a week. And so they're really excited and, and those nerves are affecting the horse. And so the horses are well trained here. They don't run off or anything, but it's still, they're feeding off the, those riders going, okay, why are you so worked up? I'm sure. And so I, for us, we stop, uh, how we stop our horses is actually a big breath out. So we teach our riders it's like blowing out birthday candles and it works phenomenally. And so even with my ranch horses, uh, even my husband has finally accepted it with his roping horse. Uh, you can get some super hard stops just by breathing out and just letting your body just sit, sink deep into that saddle. And so um, when we're working with a lesson with a big group, uh, the joke here is that I could stop a runaway just by breathing out because those horses all hear my voice. And so even whether it's breathing out to stop or we even do it uh, for downward transition. So I would say, and walk. And I just breathe out at the end of that. Or if we're cantering or loping, it's and trot and a little bit of breathe out. And so you get um, the students or the, the riders using their breath all the way along Because the more you breathe out, the harder that downward transition is. And so they have to pay attention to how much does their horse need in that moment um, to keep that horse going or just to get just enough of a transition. So for me, the big breath out to stop or even the downward transition, the the horses can hear my breath. And so it helps them through that. Um, And also the counting, I'll even do the counting from the ground. And that is very helpful, uh, even jumps, going into the jumps for those that, you know, anytime you're learning a new skill, there's there's so much going on in your mind. And I think it's always got to be tough as somebody that only gets to ride once a week for one hour. Um, That's a lot of pressure to be trying to remember everything. Um, And so when there's, I think of jumping, then I'd be counting down to the jump, three two, one. And I try to get them to count, but oftentimes they're thinking of too many things. But at least if I'm counting, then the horse hears my voice and the horse gets comfort through that. Yes, I think that is so incredibly true, especially with jumping that we do the counting um, of strides. And that three, Uh two, one, we can see it ahead of time as a coach. So we're able to do that. And Uh I think that helps them so much. So super idea. So you have here that you had a specific situation with your own horse that exemplified the effectiveness of breath. Can you explain that to folks? Yeah. So I have some really sensitive show horses and I remember, so we show them in these futurities uh, in fall, which oftentimes keeps me from coming to the international conference because we often have them at the same time, uh, unfortunately. But anyway, so I had this mare and we're going along in the rail class. So this was like a Western pleasure class. And this mare was, still is, incredibly in tune to my body. So, I mean, if I even think about doing something different, she's right there to do it for me. She's a people pleaser. She doesn't want you bothering her. It's, it's lovely, but it keeps you on your toes. 
So anyways, we're going around the, on the rail at a jog and they asked for the extended jog. And I thought, "Uh Oh, like, I mean, we practiced this at home, but now this was in the class and she was even more keyed up to, I can still feel it right now. Like she was just waiting for me to breathe differently, anything. And I thought if I put my leg on this horse, she's going to rope off. So I can't do that. The class was going really good. So I thought in those, in those couple of seconds, I'm like, what else do I got? What else can I use that is going to get her to go faster in her jog? But I can't, you know, I can't touch her. And so I just started counting faster. So I was, if I was going one, two, then I just started going one, two, one, two, one, two. And she just nicely transitioned into that little quicker jog to move out a little bit nicer. And I was like, oh, lifesaver. So thankful for that. And you know what I love yeah. about that story, Terry? You think about it. We we talk all the time as instructors about regular working, whatever gait it is. Let's say it's trot. And then we talk about extended trot and collected trot. Now you're doing it with breath. Now you're talking about breathing your regular way. Then we can extend our breathing and we can also collect our breathing to get our horses to do, <laughs> you know, and that's a pretty cool concept. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah it is. Love that. Yeah. So, true. um, how does your horse communicate whether your breathing made a difference or not? How, how are you noticing that? So a big thing is rhythm. So we teach that if everything is going well, so balance first, then rhythm, then steering, but just keeping in, in mind, I, I always tell my riders, cause I always think they might go home and never come back for another lesson. Like I only ever got one lesson. So I always want them to have some key points and I want them to know that the horse will tell you if everything is okay, then they are, will be in a consistent rhythm. So when that horse is in a rhythm, that means things are going well. And so when things aren't uh, and things get a little tight, so yesterday, again, I'll give the example of this horse that was a little tight when the girl wanted to go lope off. And so I knew she was getting tight. So I just sent them out for a posting long trot. And I said, Kate, you're going to go post this huge arena, a few rounds. And then I, it was hot here. So she got tired and I said, okay, now in that corner, go ahead, ask for your lope. Well, she was so happy to be able to sit and lope. Um, and then it was no problem at all. And so the horse's rhythm is such a big thing and watching just how they carry themselves, right? Going back to um, a level headset and just being calm in that eye. And so the horses love how they respond instantly. And of course, that's why we use them in in our psychotherapy programs because you get that instant feedback. And so as soon as a client can breathe and if, and if we're going really intense uh, and then we come down to that parasympathetic level real quick, then you see that lip licking or yawning. And um, so we also have like with the preschoolers, for example, they have to pet their horse every time we stop. And then when they do that, because now they're focusing on the horse and, and relaxed and the horses all lick their lips and just gives them, that sign I want them to see that so the horses yeah are talking and communicating at all times we just have to learn to understand them they sure are and it's mainly non-verbally right we're so voice 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 that's humans and horses are mainly non-verbal and breathing is such a big deal so I just love how you put this into your lessons I know that you also teach vaulting do you do breathing work with your vaulters and how does that work um, we do, except our vaulters are m- much more on the recreational, on the basic level. And so um, 
I wouldn't say that it becomes as concentrated as when we would get to the higher level. So most of ours are just, are still at the walking stage and then some trot and some canter. And definitely then we would be doing the count, um, but we would have much more of a recreational program on that. And so, um, yeah, I wouldn't say that it ends up being as focused because we're talking to from the ground and our horses are actually super, super chill, chilled out about everything. So, And how many horses do you have there on the property, Tara? Uh, I think today we have uh, 37, two left yesterday. So we, have, we, we take horses in for training and some boarding, so it's always changing. Uh, we own 22 lesson horses and two miniature donkeys. Ah, so cute. Yes. So, so we've got a good group of horses right now. So besides on our CHA.horse new website, how else do people find you and be able to come and possibly ride one of those 22 lesson horses? Yeah, sure. You can check us out. Our website is cloud9ranch.ca and it's the number nine. And if you YouTube us or Google us, do not get confused with, uh, there's a quadding place in the States. Uh, I think Missouri or something that's also called Cloud Nine Ranch. So we do not do quadding here, not that kind of horsepower. So often <laughs> you have to actually uh, Google Cloud Nine Ranch Steinbach because that's our town, S-T-E-I-N-B-A-C-H, or Cloud Nine Ranch Horses or Cloud Nine Ranch Manitoba. Those kinds of uh, places in your Google search or YouTube will get us uh, or get you to us. We have quite a few uh, YouTube videos out and we have our Facebook page which is Cloud9 Ranch um, and on Instagram Cloud9 Ranch MB for Manitoba so lots of different ways and Tara's a star on our YouTube video she did a couple of them for us a couple of years ago so you can check those out too they're actually really really well done so and that's just on CHA.horse. So thank you so much, Tara, for being on our show today and talking about breath as the fifth natural aid. And I think we've deemed during this uh, show that it might be the most important natural aid. So I really appreciate you being on today. Thank you for having me. Enjoy your summer. Thanks, Tara. So I think this must be the first show in 2500 that we've had this conversation about this particular topic. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't ever remember talking about this before. Other wow. than, you know, in passing. That's uh, kind of cool that we focused on. Look at you on, thinking even, outside the box. And even a cool title. Didn't you like the title? Yes, I did Just like saying. the title. <laughs> I thought the title was super fun. Well, I have one breath story that I was thinking okay. about as the ladies were talking that I want to just quickly mention. So I um, get, got to ride with Mark Rashid. And for those of you that don't know him, he writes many books. And one of them is A Good Horse is Never a Bad Color. I love that book. Great book. And he came to Colorado and we were doing kind of hour-long sessions with him. So all the people were there. You ride for an hour. You say what you want to work with him on. You do it. And then you hang out the rest of the day and watch everyone else work on their stuff as an auditor. So during my lesson with him, I brought my Appaloosa and we were having some trouble doing flying lead changes. He would kick out every time that I would ask for it. And it was just, you know, a little irritating. So I said, all right, Mark, will you help me? He, he kicks out. And he goes, yeah, sure. No problem. Go show me. So I showed him how and sure enough, the horse kicked out. So he brings me into the center and he goes, all right, Christy, go do it again. And this time just breathe out, sit like a sack of potatoes and blink. And I went, what? 
He goes, yeah, 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 riding instructor. Don't think. Put your outside leg back. Put your inside rein up. Push your hips like a swing. Think of the moment of suspension. And he was like almost teasing me, and he made everyone <laughs> laugh in the audience. He goes, just go out there, blink, sit like a sack of potatoes, and breathe out. And I went, but it's an upward transition. It's a flying lead change. I should breathe in. He goes, listen to me. I'm like, yes, sir. <laughs> so I go across the long diagonal, and I do like I overdo it because I'm a little irritated. Right. And I was like in my thirties. So I, I thought I was, you knew cool. everything. I've, I've got very humble since then. Yes. So I go across the long diagonal and I do, I sit like a sack of potatoes. I breathe out and I just close my eyes. I'm like, whatever this guy. And my horse did the most beautiful flying lead change ever. <laughs> and I came back into the middle of the arena and I went, no way. He goes, good. My job here is done. Get off. I go, no, 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 no. I have a whole hour with you. He also doesn't side pass very well. And I just went on and on and on. And we had a great ride. He was a great guy. So I highly recommend him. And oh my gosh. Yes. For those of you that are having trouble with your upper level horses, breathe, blink, close your eyes for a second. Just kind of sit on them and just chill your roll. And it's amazing what will happen with the hotter horses. They will really, really enjoy that. So very fun. Very cool. You know, it also applies actually to driving uh, because, you know, the horse gets everything through the hands and the hands, you know, are a result of everything you're doing yourself. Uh, so, you know, and his bolting's gotten better because I've gotten better. And about you breathe relaxing when you drive. and breathing and not yes. panicking and all of those things. Uh, and they can sense that, you know. So, uh, you know, especially ponies can sense that. It's amazing. Yes. Uh, you know, we get we we talk about naughty ponies, but I think they're naughty because they're actually smarter. <laughs> they're, they're, oh, they're so sensitive. Yeah. I would agree with that. I would agree. And I think that that's such a wonderful thing to bring up that even in driving where you don't even have your seat on them, it's just your hands. They can feel yep. that breath. That's awesome. Yep, same thing. Well, very good. Good show. Uh good uh, good topic today. Very well done. Thank you. It was fun. The guests were very different, which was really fun that they came at it from a different perspective, but still met in the middle and we had a lot of good information. So hopefully it's helpful for everyone out there. And if you want, if you have a topic like this that you want to hear about, or like anything you want to hear about, drop me an email at glenn at horseradionetwork.com and I'll pass it on to Christy. And yes, please. Be sure to check out the new website. It's CHA.horse. CHA.horse, you'll find it. It's a terrific website with all the resources. Where can they find what's going to be coming up as far as certifications or any of the events that might still be happening? Yes, up at the top of CHA.horse, we'll have a little our logo, and then it will say find either an equine professional near you or find an event near you. You click on that, and that'll take you to our certifications that start up in August, including equine facility manager. I'm going to be doing one at Colorado State University, so that'll be one of the ones up there. We're also doing one at uh, Monty Roberts, Flag is Up Farms, and of course, the Debbie and the show that she does with you, and that'll be in September. So we have many good ones still coming up. Um, so please go and visit and come and get certified by us. That'd be fun to have you. Very good. And and I, I'm trying to remember, are you still planning on having your your annual conference or has that been postponed? You know, as of right now, we're going to wait. Our early bird registration is August 31st. So depending what? on how it's many... In October or November? It is. Yeah. It's October the 29th through the 31st. So we're going to try to still have it, but it depends. You Where know, Glenn, was it again? I, it's going to be at Texas A&M University mm, in yeah. College Station. And if we get enough people for early bird, then sure. But if we don't, then we'll have a virtual one this year and we'll do it next year. All right. Sounds good. I just wanted to check in on that too. Yeah, definitely. 
All right. Well, Jamie will be back tomorrow here on Horses in the Morning. And then Thursday is the fox hunting episode. I heard uh, Jennifer over there recording that last night. And apparently they have a big name uh, author on this time. Ooh. Like big name. Nice. Who's also a fox hunter. So she said it was one of the best interviews they've had in a long time and that she's putting it in for an award next year. So that's how fun she thought this interview was. And and it it takes a lot to impress Jennifer. So (laughs) so you definitely want to take a listen to the fox hunting episode. And of course, get your really bad ads into Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com for Friday's show. All right. Very good. Thank you, Christy. Appreciate it. Pleasure to be on as always, Glenn. Until next time.